Hello and welcome to Like-Minded Friends with me, Susie Ruffle. And me, Tom Allen. Tom, we're global. We are so global right now. We're so global. We should start off by saying sorry to everybody for missing last week. It's not something we I'm do slightly. People were refreshing their feeds, Suits. No way. That's what they said to me. Refreshing their feeds? They were refreshing their feeds to try oh and God. wait for us to, to come in. Oh, I felt terrible. Well, should we explain what happened? So first of all, we were both at the Montreal Comedy Festival, Just for Laughs. Just for Laughs is what it's called. Just that for wasn't, Laughs is what it's that called. Wasn't, we weren't being flippant about why we went there. <laughs> Which was a treat. But to give people a bit of background... I don't know if you remember, a little while ago, I did a little a little job in Morocco, which was a lot of fun. She did. Where I drove for m- maybe 100, maybe 150 Adams, Adams, hours, oh. 100 <laughs> to 150 hours with Maisie Adam. Mm. And what I've done, and I don't know what the technical term is, but I think it's this, is I've fucked my back. She's just fucked it. Gosh, Suze. Oh, no. What about one of those bead things? Could you sit on those in the car? that help? What, like those things? They were quite popular in the 90s. Like minicab drivers have. Mmm. I just suddenly thought about those. My Auntie Jackie had one, and she also used to have, yeah, and she also used to have one of those things that you'd put in the car window so it didn't get too hot. Do you remember those with, like, a picture on? Oh, I think I do remember those. I remember the traffic light ones, uh, car refreshers. Is it along those lines? No, I don't mean like that. I mean something you'd literally put in the window of your car to stop the sun getting in. Oh, I do remember those. Yes, my mum used to have one. The type of thing, if you were having a very posh photo shoot, someone might put underneath you to bounce some light towards your mui. Yes, and she put it underneath your what, dear? Bounce light onto your what? Your mui, that's that's the Portsmouth word for face. Oh, thank goodness you clarified that. That's not what I thought it was. I was like... Oh, did you think I was talking about my nun? Why are people putting lights up their chops? Yeah. Well, listen, Tom, people... People do. People do. There are people, potentially people listening to this podcast right now, putting a light up their chuff. Doing it right now, probably, yeah. Gosh, like Blackpool Illuminations up there. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what they say, you've got to find your light. Wasn't that what Greta Garbo used to say? Oh, my goodness. Well, now we know where she put it. <laughs> no wonder it wasn't on her face. <laughs> You know, I wonder if she was looking for it. Do you know? Yes. Marlena Dietrich used to find her light. Do you know when they used to when? Because you know, makeup was like really would have been like really heavy back in the days oh, when yeah. she was making films. Yeah. She wouldn't mm. want to get her face in the light before oh. they turned over. So she'd put her hand in the space that she knew that she had to stand, so oh. that she knew where to stand for how hot it would be. Oh. I mean, this is something I read in a book, but it, I think it was also a book that could be full of lies. Look, if the book, if you want to believe the book, then the book, then the book is right for you. The, I don't think people would lie about a fact like that. Why would they? Why should I, they? Why would they lie? Why would they tell such fibs? Why lie? Why lie? Do you also remember those um, car sickness things that people would have in their car, which would be like a sort of tag that dragged on the floor that was supposed to protect, prevent um, car sickness? I have no idea what you're talking about. It was like a thin strip of of plastic and it attached the back of the car next to the exhaust pipe and it dragged on the on the floor. No, you're thinking of people that have just got married, surely. No, no, I'm not. This is literally a thing. Oh, producer Emma is saying it's supposed it was supposed to ground the car. Whatever the fuck that means. Oh, for lightning, I suppose. Oh, that makes sense. It wasn't for travel sickness. For lightning? 
How much lightning was happening? Oh, a lot back in the day. There was loads of it. What, do you think more lightning was happening then than now? Just look at all those horror films. They always had it. Always. That's true. Frankenstein. If we can trust anything, it's horror. the horror franchises. You've, you've, you've opened a book about Marlena Dietrich and I've watched a Hammer Horror and we've treated them both as fact. <laughs> <laughs> as record. Do you remember C-bands that you put on your wrists? Well, that's my next question. The ones with the ball in the middle. Tom, I still wear those. For car puking. For car puking. If I'm, if I'm doing like, if I'm going oh. in a car with other comics, just so that they know I'm really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to make them relax, isn't it? The thought that you might chunder at any moment. That's a great way to make friends. Yeah. You, well, only if I'm, if I'm driving, it's fine. Or if I'm in the front, but if I'm in the back, I've got to put on the old C-bands. Oh, I get it in the back a bit, actually. Just in case. I get more car sickness. But you're mad because you read a book in the back of the car. No, can't read a book in the back of the car. No, you'd do your emails, would you? I can do my emails and I can look at my phone, but sometimes I can't. And I don't right. know why. Maybe it's emails that I was thinking of. Mm, I can do some admin. I can do admin yeah, in the car. That's very good. See, if I did admin, it would be vomit. Vomit. Oh, no. Yeah. Ad vomit. Yeah. Can you make oh, this gig? No. Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I find uh, if I get a bit like that, I open the window and I actually put my wrist out the window. So I suppose that's where those balls must come in. Oh, I thought you were going to say you put my balls out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when you put your balls out the window. That's one of the reasons we had to stop touring together. He gets car sick. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you put your head out the window like a puppy. Um, I have been known to do that as well, like a dog. Yeah. 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 That would really worry um, me. I would worry that okay. someone else would go by very fast in a car and they would maybe take my head with them. Exactly. Or a tunnel. You could be decapitated. Oh, no. No, yeah. thank you, Tom. Unsubscribe no, to that. I'm a real nightmare when you think about it. Unsubscribe immediately. Yeah. So I've got a bad back. It's worth <laughs> the long and the short of it is she's hurt her back. She's hurt her back. So so we couldn't do the podcast. You had a lot of struggles. I had a lot of struggles. But it wasn't just that. And then your venue caught fire. So my venue caught fire. So I was going out to do... So Tom was on a show called British, mm. which was an excellent lineup of dear friends. Dear, dear friends. Dear, dear friends. Um, and I was on a, an excellent bill from comics from across the globe called New Faces, which made me feel good because, let me tell you, since I've had that baby, my face feels ever so old. But it wasn't a show about facelifts. That's what we just want to establish. No, that we've literally is, got a new face. Well, it was hugely disappointing because, of course, as soon as I got to mm. Montreal, I thought, where's the surgeon? And, of course, you had it completely done. Have you got any bulldog clips <laughs> to just put at the back of my neck? <laughs> New Faces International, uh, so it's people that had never gigged in North America before and were coming to sort of, to be seen by whoever's there. I don't know, the industry? Everyone kept saying the industry. I'm never 100% sure what that means. People saw you. That's all that matters. All that matters. It sounds like it was an absolute triumph. That's what I heard. Well, it was a very nice gig. But anyway, what happened was we're there the first night. It's very stressful. Reese Nicholson, very funny. Um, Australian comic was hosting for us and just before we were getting ready to go out the room was filling up there's you know there's whitterings in the dressing room oh there's loads of industry and lots of people here to see us it's very oh, exciting peeking behind Beans. the curtain peeking literally a peek behind the curtain um, mm. and then the fire alarm started going off which isn't that unusual in venue like I feel yeah. like that's something that happens at the Edinburgh Festival quite a lot Oh, it happened to me, like three or four yeah, times same. one year at the Edinburgh Festival. I had yeah. to do my gig in the car park. 
I've I've I finished my show in the car park one year. Oh yeah, maybe that was the same year. Happened so much. I got so annoyed. Maybe we should have just done the car park. It would have been so much cheaper than the venue we had to pay. I've always fancied working in an NCP. Yeah, I think it would suit you. I think it would on the barrier. Can I check check at Plage? So the fire alarm starts going off. We obviously all don't even think about, don't even consider moving. World weary. Mm. Because Mm. you think, well, that's a mistake. And then it was when we started smelling smoke that I thought, do you know what? That's a worry. I feel like this might be an actual fire. Then Mm. we heard people in the auditorium saying, everyone must get out. Don't, don't rush, but just go towards the exits. They're lit. They're lit. Oh, my God. That's great. <laughs> They're lit AF. But also, um, sometimes, you know, I do think a fire drill is a time for certain people to really have their moment, isn't it? Some people get really into it. Look, Tom. So you can't always trust people's dramatic voices. I hate to lean into a cliche, but let me tell you. Well. There was what I might have assumed was a lesbian with a clipboard and an earpiece. Look. I can see the situation right now. But I think as a lesbian, I think we are good mm. in a moment of panic. Let me tell you, I, I would follow a lesbian out of a burning building. No question. Well, of course you would. You'd be with me. <laughs> of course. I would just be following you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what I'm saying is you trust a lesbian in a burning building. I would absolutely. Maybe more than a gay man. I'm just saying, don't shoot the messenger. Absolutely. I think it's actually what... The Bible story is about with Moses and the burning bush. I think he was talking. <laughs> is that an actual think, story, Moses and the burning bush? Yes, told him to um, told him to uh, lead lead his people through the de- through the desert, as I understand, leading up to the parting of the Red Sea. But um, that's I, I might be wrong. It could, it's one interpretation. Uh, well, I'd, I'd hate it if you were because that is so funny. It's one interpretation. So. Now they're like, cast, don't grab your don't grab your personal belongings. Just get in a single file and follow us down these stairs. So still at this point I'm thinking someone's like I had a fag, you know. By which I mean yeah, you're in North America, in which is like <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. Someone had bummed a fag. <laughs> and it's called fire, baby. And one thing had led to another. <laughs> You know, people have a great time. Baby, I'm burning out of control. Baby, I'm burning. People are like, please, please stop. It's very dry out there. You're going to set fire to the building. So then we were walking down the stairs. It was at that point we realised that it potentially was quite, it, it was it was an issue because there was a door that was closed, okay. but underneath the door, black smoky water was just pouring out. Smoky water, like a whiskey or what? Yeah, like... It was like bl- blackened water, and then there was like little bits of vapor coming through as well. Oh, so basically, what had happened is there was a fire in the workshop. Again, the fire type the, of thing like a fire in the disco, like a fire in the disco. But if you're a lesbian, there was a fire in the workshop. <laughs> this podcast is leaning into so many stereotypes today, and I can imagine oh. people tutting left, right, and centre. Mm, um, is that all we are? Just stero- just outdated stereotypes? Yes, oh, yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> So there's water pouring out. We have to go and stand in like a courtyard for, and then what we watched over the space of an hour was just, I think, significant mm. people from 
the industry, whatever that industry is. Yeah. I've done the plumbing awards. Um, of course. You've said that's an industry. Well, it'd be useful if they were there at that time. Yeah, where were they? Just filter away. And then it was very stressful because they were like, we might have to cancel the showcase. And then you think, oh, my um, God, I've come a very long way to do a six-minute um, set for no one. <laughs> so then what did we do, Tom? We went to Schwartz. We went to a deli and had a sandwich because I just think that's always the best way to deal with a situation, isn't it? Just have a sandwich. Well, what I immediately did was we were with our dear friend, Lily, friend of the show, Lily Morris, who, mm-hmm. uh, who works with us both. And she was, as ever, a tower of strength. Um, but she, I was like, I'll find Tom. He'll solve this. And so I found you. And we went and got a beef sandwich. And they had beef in the windows. And I said it was like beef curtains. You did. You took a picture of me next to the beef curtains. Oh, yes. We haven't posted that. We must. We simply must. And loads of pickles. And very phallic pickles. Those pickles were good, weren't they, Tom? Mm, Such a great sandwich. I would say one of the top five sandwiches of my life. Yeah, I would agree. It was so good. And I loved the briskness of the brisket (laughs) seller. Oh, lovely. Lovely. Yeah. He was, he was very friendly, but there was a real New York. Mm. This is what you should have. This is the thing. Yeah. If you've come here, you've come here for the smoked meat. You've got to have this. You've got to have this. How many pickles? Do you want some fries? Here's your bill. Mm. Like, they gave us our bill, I think, before we ate. It was so brisk. Yeah, basically. It was so brisk, (laughs) Um, but in a lovely way. It was all very nice. We went over to the counter and paid at the end. Do you remember we once talked about on this podcast a chickle, the chicken and pickle sandwich, as I believe it was? No, I don't remember this. The pickle acting as the bread. Years ago, I remember it was a real sensation at the time and um a big moment for us is but um was that in our episode are you a person or a sandwich may yes it was around about that time i think yeah and i think we discussed some of our favorite sandwiches back in the day when we bothered to have themes and um (laughs) and then um we um and then we had um we, we, t- we talked about it and a lot of people were very excited about the chicle, but this was not a day that that was available either. But I'm just saying the pickles were big enough that you could have done the chicle. The pickle was so big. It was, there was, so, it was so, it was so unbelievably phallic that if you were with oh my goodness. members of the family, it would have been quite an embarrassing. It would have been an embarrassment. Yeah. It would have been, embar- it would have been uh, uncomfortably asexual. You're basically deep throating a pickle. Yeah, absolutely. You would have ended up deep throating the garnish. It's more than a garnish, I suppose, when it's that size. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that a lesson? (laughs) But then luckily my Tom, as ever, was a tower of another tower of strength. I was supported by two towers of strength. Oh my goodness, it was like a high rise. Because I can't think of a different Mm. (laughs) because I can't think of a different metaphor. And so then the show did get rescheduled for a couple of nights later, and it ended up being Marvellous. But it was quite stressful at the time. You were very stressed about it. And there was talk of it happening that night. I was very stressed. I was stressed. Yes. We were all stressed. Everybody there was stressed. Um, But we wanted to make it work for you. We did. And we really tried. We tried to meet up. We tried to find somewhere where we had good enough signal that we could do it. And then it was just all very stressful. But we're sorry. We're here. Mm. My back. And also the fire stopped us. Mm. And I hope you forgive me, us. Mm. Susie, you mustn't apologize. 
people understood. I mustn't apologise or must I? I think people understand. It was quite a stressful experience being at a comedy festival, wasn't it? A lovely, so joyous to be invited. And we had so much fun. It was, um, it was lovely. It was very, um, it was very nice. And, um, I really enjoyed the shows I was doing. Um, and it, the, the show we did every night, the British show was a lot of fun. Um, because lots of reasons, everybody there was so nice. And, and it meant that we could, um, you know, kind of get into a bit of a routine, which was really lovely, actually, even though we were so far away from home. And, um, mm. and I'm always like fearful that, oh, the, like, particularly like US comedians, a lot of US comedians, I'm always like, oh no, I'm not like them. The so audiences won't like me. But actually they were very much on board and very nice because I always feel like a lot of North American comics are much more like, I'm going to tell you something. Let me tell yeah. you. And I'm like, oh, I'm not really like that. I'm a bit more like, oh, have you ever made a sandwich with quiche. a pickle? Yes. I like quiche. <laughs> um, and, um, and that's a bit more, you know, it's a different... It's a diff- it's a different sort of vibe, isn't it? Um, but it's a different thing. But actually, what I realised is I learned is that you can actually be you. You just have to you just have to relax and be yourself, as in life. The comedy club is a is a microcosm. This is the thing. That's what I was about to say. Um, and I wonder if any of our like minded friends have felt similarly. You know, not necessarily in like our world, but in like you know, where, whatever their sort of area of work is, where you feel like you, like you must go and network and uh, you must go and talk to people. Mm. And some people are so good at talking to people. We went into a room and we were both in double-breasted suits and ties and people thought we were in a double act. People thought we were in some sort of mime group, yeah. Or that we were coming to talk to them about the Church of Latter-day Saints. Yeah, can maybe talk to you about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Yeah, I think we did look a bit like we might be Jehovah's Witnesses, indeed, or Mormons. I think people thought that we were like characters mm. like that girl in the street was like oh my god you're doing you, what kind of characters are you and mm. i said oh this is just how we dress and then she went oh i'm sorry oh i'm so embarrassed mm. sorry nice. and walked away what sort of character are you doing not as embarrassing yeah sarcastic ones <laughs> unhappy ones but i thought we looked really nice <laughs> we did Susie. we did some people can't take it some people can't take it um uh but uh no that was great and i did do um a show uh, that was exciting, um, but I got quite nervous about it because it was a lot of industry people, like you describe, and and lots of kind of television um, people filming it. And um, I found it. Very, I sort of, I, I really got very nervous, and I, I I think it was good for me to reconnect with um, who I am. It made me sort of confront like who I am on stage a bit, and just kind of go, "What am I doing here? Who am I?" I was really like couldn't you know, was getting very like heart palpitations-y and, and had to like take myself outside and do some deep breathing. Cause it was a lot of, um, a lot of, it felt very stressful. I found, I found I absorbed a lot of stress from it all. And, um, when I walked out on stage, I had to sort of, I, I sort of had to kind of like stop on stage and just explain to the audience who were all kind of like, um, who are you? Um, but I had to sort of go, I need to tell you, this is quite a strange experience for me. And I literally had to just tell them about how I was feeling like I was in a therapy session. But they seemed to like me for that. And I thought that was a good lesson. I think that's a great lesson. And I also think it's, uh, uh, it tells you that, you know, honesty, mm. even when, you know, even when we're um, in those moments that feel unbelievably stressful, just saying very honestly and going, oh God, I'm finding this quite nerve wracking. Yeah. 
Because I think that some of that, not all, but there's a lot of comics, as we said before in America, that, are, that can be a bit like, let me tell you. And I think that sort of jock comedy that we have a little bit of here, mm. but is massive in the States. Yeah. I think can make you feel quite vulnerable if you're anything that's not a straight cis man. Well, I suppose there is that as well. The other comics I was with were all very, very nice um, uh, and very kind and, and chatty. And, and uh, But I think I just got in my head like, oh, but I, I, I suppose I was, you know, I was the only Brit on the show. And I suppose I just sort of felt a bit like, oh, God, um, how do I explain to them who I am? And I just had to take it literally on stage, <laughs> took a deep breath and went, this is who I am. This is where I'm from. Um and and like because they they were like they told me like I had to tell them what set I was going to do and what I was going to say on stage and I felt like oh gosh I'm deviating from what they've asked me to do and I just thought actually I'm glad I did that because once I did that they then kind of were like it, it just felt like a much nicer gig it goes to show sometimes if you're panicked just take a deep breath say how you're feeling and just tell people and then they can like get on board that was my experience totally I would be totally endeared by someone if they said well I know that watching stand ups that we know and love. Like, you know, when they're doing new material or they're doing their shows and they're not quite bedded in yet, when they go, oh, I've like lost my way or something mm. or, mm. oh, I didn't mean to tell you that then. Or, you know, I think it, I think people. Yeah. Yeah. People like that. I think we're allowed to fail, not fail, but we're allowed to openly say fail is totally the wrong word. We're allowed to like voice our insecurities. I think that was it really. Even if it's in a big place because I think doing it in a public setting is very good well there was like 2,000 people just staring at me <laughs> when I was like um I need to and they were like what is this and they were very nice and um I think I backstage I got myself so worked up and then actually when I went out there and I just sort of which I would never have done in the past I would have never have taken that moment just to take a deep breath and go I need to just acknowledge this um in the past I've never done that but I was quite proud of myself that I did do that actually and um just take a moment and just kind of work out what like what I need to do to calm me down and that was that um and and then like I say the audience you know were really on board after that so it goes to show sometimes if we take that leap to go this is who I am people go oh thank you they don't go what and I think because everybody I think North American comics can sometimes seem very confident like we said yeah um uh it can feel like oh gosh would you even understand if I say I'm not confident uh at the moment and they did so it's very relieving. So that's my advice to anybody out there who's feeling a bit, um, if you're feeling nervous a bit about nervous. something. Yeah. Sometimes it's good just to voice it, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. It doesn't need to be in front of 2000 people. It can be to yourself or to a friend. Yes. Like, oh, I'm finding this very overwhelming. Yes. Yeah. And that's okay. It's a human experience. People like, there's a strength in owning your owning. What does that mean? There's a strength in it, in just being you and just acknowledging who you are, whatever your feeling is. When you said owning, yeah. it sounded like you were an inspirational quote on Instagram. Yeah, that's what I realised. I was like, where did that... Own your own your fear. Own your fear. Like, And then I was like, where have we got all this, like, how is this phrasing bullshit crept into language. my... Bullshit language. Yeah, this bullshit language. It's all like, because it is like, own it, do this. And it's all that language that I'm like, oh, but I can't, I don't know. What do you mean own it? There's not a purchase involved. Um, I've got it. I've got it. Okay. I don't know if I'm owning it. Um, so. I don't know that I'm owning it. I think I'm just here. I'm just here. Is that, <laughs> yeah. Is that not enough? Is that not enough? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's social media. Don't get me started on that. Let's do this. 
But, um, oh God, no! Yeah. So you've gone straight to Rome from Montreal. Well, I went straight to Rome because all all roads lead here, and um, and also your plane that you got on went there, and the and also the plane went here. So that's that's why I'm here, and um, I'm working here for a few days, and it's absolutely lovely, and the food is just out of control. I'm so jealous of whatever you're going to be having for your tea tonight. Are you going to go pasta or pizza? Well, I had pizza yesterday. What did you have on it, Tom? Um, I had a capriccioso, which involved an egg, which I know is controversial, but... <gasps> oh, no, I like those ones. Yeah, I liked it. It was a hard-boiled nice egg. Nice money. No, it was a hard-boiled. Oh, fuck that. Well, I didn't like to be rude, but... You couldn't say fuck that after they'd given it to you? There's been a... No, I just thought that was probably not, you know, the done thing. Um, but there was, <laughs> there's been a lot of ham, a lot of ham, cheese... And bread in various combinations, which I'm not complaining about because those are probably my favourite things. No, that's very much, that's your three major food groups, isn't it? Those are the only food groups I have, actually, yeah. And chicken. And then chicken as a, as a side. Rotisserie. Yeah, rotisserie, just turning on the side, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, but um, I think I'm going to have pasta tonight just to vary it up. Oh, oh nice. So yeah. jealousy. I'm at my mum's and I had a very 90s tea. Oh, what did you have? I had a chicken chasseur. Oh, that's nice. Ooh, it's lovely. so 90s. Nice. It comes in like a sachet that mum mixes with water. Oh, that sounds great. Does it in the oven? Yeah, it does it in the oven. Mm-hmm. And it cooks for about three weeks. Um, right. No. <laughs> it was very, um, it was very, very reminiscent of my youth. Oh, I love that. And of course, what was your carbohydrate there? Did you have a mashed potato? Roast potato, what did you have? Roasties. Oh, There's always roasties at my mum's. Lovely, perfect. She's always got a roastie on. Mm, it's the best. I, people would be like, oh, with like a casserole type thing, you've got to have mash. But I'm always like, no, I like a, a, the crunch of a roast. Of course. Mm. But you like your dinners quite dry, don't you? You won't go for gravy on a roast. Well, it depends. I don't like gravy powder because it reminds me of when I worked in the golf club. But um, I'm, I'm moving beyond that. When you're on the dessert trolley? Yeah, it was some really fucked up desserts. <laughs> Would you like your apple crumble with gravy? <laughs> Bistro with that, sir? Mmm. <laughs> mmm, bistro, yeah. Um, yeah, so no, I just remember it. I just never cared for it. What time is it now in Rome? Um, when in Rome, it is 8.52. Oh, Tom, you've got to go and have your dinner. I'm going to go and have dinner. I didn't realise that it was as late as that. Don't worry, I had an ice cream at six, so I'm not starving. What flavour, just quickly? Pistache. Oh, deli- a lovely choice. A lovely choice, but it's melted. It was like water by the time I got it to my gob. So hot. Mm, Tom, that's too hot. It's too hot. It's too hot. That's too hot. We had a nice ice cream, didn't we? In Montreal. Oh, that was a nice ice cream you treated us to, Suze, yeah. Oh, listen. I had a sorbet that day. You did have a sorbet that day? Yeah. Well, listen, you go and have a nice pasta, and next week when we catch up, you can tell everyone what you had. Oh, I'll definitely do that, Suze. Yeah, that's a lovely idea. Yeah. Um, so, accept our apologies for last week. Soz, everyone. And we're so delighted to be back. Soz, Bab. 
Um, and if you're ever in a fire, do follow a lesbian. That's the advice. That's the advice. If there's one thing you can take from this, is that. Let me tell you, that's the most important thing, I think. Yeah. Um, well done, everybody. Okay, then we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Well, well done, absolutely. Everyone. Well done. You keep going. You, everyone right, keep then. going. Okay. Okay. Bye for now, everyone. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye. 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 Bye